So as Casey and I prepared to welcome Simon into our family, there were a lot of people that we had to rely on. In fact, we had a whole team of people that we relied on to watch Judah leading up to and then during our time in the hospital. We relied on the doctors, their wisdom, their expertise to see Casey through the delivery. I relied on the pastors here and the deacons to fulfill my obligations during the week while I was out. We're thankful to all those people. But most of all, we were leaning on God during this whole process, which means that we were also relying on everyone who prayed for us. So to everyone who prayed for my wife during her pregnancy, who prayed for the delivery, and who prayed for my family, we want you to know that your prayers meant the world to us. And we want to thank you, church. Thank you for keeping us in your prayers. Casey and I know that there is no greater place for our needs to be than in the hands of the Almighty God. And I am pretty sure that there have been few events in my life that have caused me to be in such a perpetual state of prayer than when my wife first starts to have contractions. <laughs> it seems that from that first contraction until the time the baby is born, I am in just this long state of prayer. I stop every once in a while, and then I go right back into prayer later. And you know, after such a long week of prayer and relying on others to pray for us, I started to consider the question, why do we pray as Christians? Why do we pray as Christians? You know, some Christians would say that because God knows everything, we don't really need to pray. He already knows our needs. Why? We shouldn't have to tell him that. We shouldn't have to bring our needs. He knows. Or others would say, well, if we pray for something, we really should only pray for it one time because if we pray more than once for a thing, then that shows we don't have faith in God. But are these things true? I mean, maybe no one here thinks thoughts like that. Maybe instead more of us deal with doubts when it comes to prayer. Maybe you've been praying and you've thought to yourself, I don't know if God wants me bothering him with this thing. Maybe not this time, maybe not again. Maybe you've thought to yourself, well, I don't know how to pray eloquently, whatever that means, so I'm just not going to pray. Or I don't know what to say, so I won't pray. There are a lot of different questions or doubts that people and Christians face when it comes to prayer, and we're not going to answer all of them today. But I hope that we can answer a few so this morning, we are going to continue our current sermon series by looking at some reasons why prayer matters in the Christian life. To do this, we're going to begin in Luke chapter 18. So if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn there to Luke chapter 18. If you don't have a Bible with you, I'd encourage you to use one of those Bibles under the chairs in front of you. If you'd like to use one of those, you can turn to page 851, page 851, Luke chapter 18. begins this way in verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? 
who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? All right, let's go ahead and stop here. So Jesus told many parables during his earthly ministry, and I love that we are quickly given the reason why he told this one. Jesus gave this teaching in order to show that his followers should always pray and not give up doing so. Let's really let that sink in for ourselves, believers. Jesus, the Son of God, who created all things, who holds all things together, wants his followers to be a praying people. But more than that, he wants us to pray continually, consistently, persistently, and without ceasing. So understand this first. Prayer matters because Jesus wants us to pray. Jesus wants us to pray, believers. Why is that, you think? Why does Jesus want us to pray? There are certainly many reasons but I believe one flows forth from a truth we see all throughout Scripture, which is that God desires to have fellowship with us. God desires that. But remember, when sin came into the world, it destroyed mankind's fellowship with God. Sin naturally separates every person from God, and the just punishment for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But the Bible is clear that God doesn't want us to be separated from Him. So in his great love for us, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. You see, it's only through the death of the sinless Savior that our sins could be paid for. And through Jesus' resurrection that we could have the opportunity to receive forgiveness and salvation and step into a relationship with God. But what kind of relationship do you have when both sides don't communicate to each other? Or if one side decides not to communicate to the other? What kind of relationship is that? Well, that's a dying, lifeless relationship. And that's not what God has called us to. No, the same way that friends and family and spouses grow closer through constant communication, so too we grow closer to our Heavenly Father when we persistently draw near to Him in prayer. So God gives us His Word, the Bible, so that we could hear from Him. As Christians, His Spirit lives within us, guiding us and directing us, and in turn, we pray to Him. Unfortunately, there are many Christians who live without these two sides of communication. They don't read their Bibles and they don't pray. And then they wonder why God feels so distant. So Jesus tells this parable to show that God desires that we would come into His presence regularly, often, to pour out our hearts to Him. Sadly, it's easy for these doubts to come into our minds that tell us, yeah, but maybe I'm burdening God. Or maybe God's up there just rolling his eyes, wishing that I would stop badgering him about all these things. But that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught us to pray and to never give up doing so. Church, prayer should matter to us because it matters to God. It matters to God that his children cry out to him day and night. So to teach this, Jesus, he used this, this parable, this parable of opposites. Because the unjust judge, he was bothered by the woman. But God will never be bothered by us. The unjust judge, he tried to ignore this widow. 
But God will never ignore his children. The unjust judge only came through after he grew weary of this widow. But God will never grow weary of us, believers. Instead, the God who knows our hearts, who knows our needs and our situations, he says that we should constantly bring him these things in prayer. Unlike that unjust judge who just wanted to escape the cries of the widow, God wants his children to cry out to him day and night. Not long ago, as a church, we were going through a study in the Gospel of John, and you may recall what Jesus said in John chapter 16. In John chapter 16, Jesus was with his disciples. He knew that soon he was going to die on the cross. He was going to be buried, rise from the dead, and then ascend to heaven. And as he talked with them, listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 16, beginning in verse 23. Jesus said to his disciples, In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I've been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. Listen to this, church. The second part of verse 26, Jesus said, I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. God loves you, believer. He loves you and he wants you to pray to him. It's a part of our fellowship with God. We shouldn't ignore it, but we should persist in it. That persistence brings us to the second thing, which is that prayer matters because it is part of us learning to rely on God. Prayer brings us to the feet of the one who has the power, the wisdom, and the strength to answer all our needs, our hurts, and our questions. When we pray, we are recognizing our humble need to depend on God. But there are many times in our pride when we decide not to pray, because we'd rather solve things on our own. We think to ourselves, well, I'm capable of doing this. Or we say, you know, it'd just be quicker if I take things into my own hands. And because of that, we think that it must be better. So look again at the parable. In the parable, we have this widow who has been wronged. Now, we can probably safely assume that she was on her own, that not only did she not have a husband, but perhaps she had no one to advocate for her. No one to support her. No one to help her against her adversary who wronged her. Now, she could have taken matters into her own hands. After all, it probably would have been quicker than tracking down this judge day after day. But instead, she went to the only one who could bring a proper resolution. She went to the judge. Not because the judge was good or kind or just, but because he was the only one who could bring what she needed, and that was true justice. I mean, even if this widow could have taken matters into her own hands, the solution would never have been as complete, as helpful, as lawful. But many times as Christians, we take matters into our own hands, we ignore God, and we forget that his solutions are always best. Believers, in our lives, we should bring all of our needs all of our situations to God, knowing that he is the only one who knows exactly what we need. And not only that, 
God is just and kind and good and powerful. You see, the widow relied on the unjust judge because she had to. As Christians, we rely on God because we get to. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 tells us that as followers of Jesus Christ, we can confidently approach the throne of God's grace to receive help in our time of need. Unlike the unjust judge, we can be confident that God hears us, that He wants us in His presence, and that He will answer our prayers in the best way possible. It just might not always be the way that we think it should happen. But God's ways are always better. They're always the best. And our God is a good God. Speaking of prayer in Matthew chapter 7, this is what Jesus said. He said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, when Jesus said this, did he mean that praying equals getting everything that we want? No. No, no, no. It means that in prayer, we are going to the one who knows what we need and who has our best in mind. You see, the unjust judge, he finally gave in, but the reason that he gave in was because he was worn out. He gave in for selfish reasons. He was concerned for his own well-being, his own reputation. When God answers us, it's because he loves us. So if this widow was willing to fall before an unjust judge day after day, before this person who did not care for her, how much more should we be willing to fall before our loving Heavenly Father who does care for us? You see, persistent prayer teaches us that we need to depend and rely on God, believers. But in our independent hearts, this is a battle because we want to find the solution. We want to create the answer. We want to do things our way. And all the while, God is saying to us, come to me. God says, come to me. He says, I know what you need. I know your hurts. I know the problems you're going through. Come to me. Now, when we go to God, it doesn't mean that we sit idly by, but it means that we rely on him in everything that we face. But let's be honest. Sometimes this is hard when it doesn't seem like God is answering us, right? Or when it seems like his answers take a long time, because a lot of times they seem to take a long time. Sometimes that's when we start to think that maybe God doesn't care. Maybe he isn't just. Maybe he's ignoring us. The truth is sometimes God is long in answering because he wants us to learn to rely on him. He wants us to learn to persist in prayer. Sometimes it's because his timing or his answer is different than what we might imagine. There are a lot of reasons for this. But that's why the next reason prayer matters is because it's part of our faith in God. Prayer demonstrates our faith in God, in his willingness and ability to answer us, in his power to answer and in his goodness to do it in the right time and the right way. And persistent prayer helps us grow in that faith. Because when our prayers aren't answered immediately, well, that's when our faith is tested. That's when we can be tempted to give up, to give in, to go on without God. So look again at the widow in the parable. The, the widow, she, she never gave up. 
Now, she continued day after day, bringing her request. She tracked that judge down because she knew that her request was right. She knew that justice was on her side. The judge even admitted as much. He said, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. And again, verse 1 told us that we're supposed to pray and never give up. This widow brought her request to the judge again and again and again. And you ever felt that way in your prayer life? That you brought something to God not once or twice or ten times, but maybe something for years. You're praying for the same thing over and over. It's true that sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers because they're not in line with His will. But sometimes we bring something before God that we are convinced that it is right. That it is in line with God's will. Just as this widow's request was for what was truly just. And those are the times when we can grow weary. We can grow discouraged. But like the widow, we need to persist in prayer. Because persistent prayer is part of growing in our faith in God. Our faith in His timing, in His purposes, in His will, even when we don't understand it. This is why Jesus said at the end, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? You see, Jesus told this parable right after He had been talking about His second coming, when He returns to this earth. And until that day comes, He's saying, what are His followers going to be found doing? When He returns, what is He going to find on that day? Are His people going to be walking through life, relying on themselves, ignoring God, taking matters into their own hands? Or will they be found crying out to God day and night? Will they be found relying on Him? That persistent prayer is a part of our faith, and God wants to see it in our lives. Believers, we should desire to be a people of persistent prayer. Believers who would never give up praying for the will of God in all our situations. I think a great example of persistence in prayer and reliance on God is George Mueller. Some of you may have heard of George Mueller before. George Mueller was a Christian who became well-known for taking care of orphans in England during the 19th century. And his was a ministry based entirely on relying on God in prayer. So he shared in his autobiography all these times when they were just penniless. I mean, they had no idea where the next meal was going to come from for these kids. So George Mueller did the same thing over and over. He went to God in prayer. And he talks about all these times when God just showed up in unexpected ways. The exact amount of money that they needed came. Somebody donated food. Something happened. And he talks about all these things. And then one day George Mueller wrote this. He said, truly, it is worth being poor and greatly tried in faith for the sake of having such precious daily proof of the loving interest which our kind Father takes in everything that concerns us. How could our Father do otherwise? He gave us the greatest possible proof of His love when He gave us His own Son. Surely, He will also freely give us all things. If the hearts of the children of God are comforted and their faith strengthened, it is worth being poor and greatly tried in faith. Understand this. George Mueller 
knew what it was to be persistent in faith. He saw God show up in miraculous ways, but how did he describe it? He described it as being tried and tested in faith. He understood that that was part of it, but he persisted. Now, in case anybody's heard George Mueller's story before, or heard what I said, maybe you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but that's easy for a guy like him to say. Who saw God miraculously show up, of course he was going to talk about prayer that way. So in case anyone's thinking that, please understand that George Mueller was not just a man who saw answered prayer. He was a man who knew what it was to see prayers that seemed to go unanswered. One pastor shared that George Mueller prayed for the salvation of two individuals for about 60 years. I wonder how many of us have a specific prayer that we have prayed for even half that long. For almost 60 years, he prayed for the salvation of these two individuals. One of these men put his faith in Jesus Christ shortly before George Mueller died. The other man also put his faith in Jesus Christ, but it was after George Mueller died. You see, George Mueller, he persisted in prayer anyways, 60 years. Because he was a believer who understood the importance of praying and never giving up in prayer. He's a good example to us. Believers, prayer matters in the Christian life. In fact, God wants us to pray to him. He wants us to pray to him all the time. He wants us to rely on him to grow in our faith through those prayers. So church, I'm encouraging you to remember this truth this morning, that prayer brings us into intimate fellowship with God who loves us, cares for us, and wants to hear from us. Prayer brings us into intimate fellowship with God who loves us, cares for us, and wants to hear from us. So I would encourage every Christian here today to evaluate where are we at in our lives when it comes to prayer? Could we say that we are persistent prayers? That even when it's trying that we continue to go to the Lord, that we rely on Him? Is prayer a part of our life at all? We should be a church, we should be individual believers that desire to go into God's presence. Is that true for us? If not, then church, I would encourage you just a few minutes, we're going to have our final song. And during that time of invitation, remember, that's a time for us to respond to how God is moving in our hearts. Maybe for some of us, we need to respond by going to the Lord and saying, Hey, I haven't been praying to you consistently. I gave up on these prayers. These are things that I need to start putting in your hands again. Maybe you're here and you know that you've been persistently going to the Lord in prayer. Then let the invitation time be a time of rejoicing for you that He hears your prayer. That He cares for you. And maybe you're here and Jesus Christ is not your Savior. You've never given Him your life, never gone to Him in faith. If that's true for you, then friend, I have no idea what's going on in your life, but I can tell you what the most important prayer is that you can ever pray. And it is that prayer when you go to Jesus Christ and give Him your life. Please understand that the Bible says because of our sins, all the wrong things we've done, we are separated from God. We will be forever separated from God in a place called hell. But please understand the Bible says that in His great love for us, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to take the wrath our sin deserves so that we could be forgiven, so we could step into a relationship with Him, so we could receive eternal life. And friend, if you have never made that decision, please understand that the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you have never done that, 
there's no greater prayer that you could ever pray than to cry out to Jesus Christ and give him your life. And I pray that you will choose to do that today. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we could be here. I thank you that you love us so much that you, you want us to come to you in prayer. Even when we pray to you over and over and over again for the same things, you just want us to be in your presence. Help us to be faithful to come to you with all these things that are going on in our lives. To trust you with them. To trust that sometimes your timing is just different than ours. That many times your will is different than ours. When you seem long in answering our prayers, I pray that we would be persistent in prayers and that we would choose to trust you more and more so that through it we would grow in our faith. Help us to be a praying church. Father, if there's anyone here today that has never given their life to Jesus Christ, then I pray that right now, no matter where they are in life, no matter where they're sitting, that they would choose to make that decision. That they would go to Jesus Christ and cry out to him. Admit that they're a sinner, but that they believe Jesus died on the cross for their sins and rose powerfully from the dead. I pray that they give their life over to Jesus Christ so they could receive that salvation, that forgiveness. Father, if there's anyone here who's still contemplating that decision or wants to talk to someone about it, I pray that you would move in their heart to come forward during this final song and talk with me. But Father, thank you that we could be in your presence, that you want us in your presence, and that you want us there for all eternity. What an awesome blessing that is. Father, we love you. But every time we pray, I hope that we would remember you love us so much more. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.